Okay, so we're going to be learning Daf uh, Tet in Bitza, which is today's Daf actually, and uh, at the Mishnah, which is where I left off in the previous recording. So maybe everyone didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but that's where I left off on there. So it's continuing with Halachot that are between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel related to Yom Tov. And Beit Shammai Yomrim, En Molechin Etasulam Mishovach Lishovach. So what they would have was they would have a uh, they would have a ladder that went up to these dovecotes, basically like these places where they kept birds, and they would get the birds to uh, to eat them, basically to uh, to 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 retrieve them, to uh, cook them, you know, to have them for the Yom Tov meal. So the question was moving the ladder around from shovach to shovach because let's say they would have different like coops, basically they weren't really one story; they were like elevated things. So you would have to climb up a ladder. Could you move it from place to place? It says you, he says you can't. But in the same shovach, it has multiple windows. Like you imagine, like an apartment building of birds, basically. You know, sort of. So like you would have to lean it to get to a different window. You could lean it towards a different window in the same building, but not carry it from building to building. Okay, betilel matirin. Here betilel is lenient, um, unlike uh, we saw previously. Now the Gemara says, "Amar of Chanan Barami Machloket Berushut Rabim." This is all only in the Rashut Arabim. Shabet Shamai Savri Ero Elatech Gagot Sarich. Obet Yilel Savri Shabachom Mochiachla. That Beit Shamai says that if a person sees you carrying a ladder around, they're going to assume that you're probably involved in some kind of melacha, working on your house, doing some home improvements on your roof, and therefore they're going to they're going to assume about you that you're engaged in a violation of the Yom Tov. But uh, and but uh, Beit Yilel says no. Shabachom Mochiachla. They had a special ladder that was for dovecotes. Everyone could tell that's not a ladder for fixing the roof. It's a ladder for getting birds. They're not going to be concerned. But in your own, in the privacy of your own home, in other words, so to speak, on your own property where there's nobody else there, you could do whatever you want. Okay, Bershuta Yachid. You have your own yard that's fenced off, and you have dovecotes back there. You can move the ladders around wherever you want. Uh, according to Beit Shama, according to both of them, they're saying. Right. So now the problem is, any is that true? Generally, we say that anything that's prohibited because of marita ayin, because people are going to think something bad about you, it's asur even in private. So how could it be that there's such a thing that's permitted in private, but it's prohibited in public because of what people are going to think about you? That they're going to assume that you are engaged in some chilul yom tov. Okay, how could it be? Tanaihi, the answer is, it's a machloket tanaim. Detanya, shotchan b'chama, v'log neged ha'am. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon Osri. This is a machloket that we see a couple of times in Shas, which is about marita ayin. According to the Tanakama, shotchan b'chama, what's talking about is that if a group of people, they got wet. They were walking home on Shabbat and they got soaked in the rain. Happens, right? Got soaked in the rain. They get home. If they lay their clothes out, it says, That means you could put them out in the sun to dry, but don't put them out where people will see them. Why? Because people will say, oh, this guy's doing laundry on Shabbat. You know, because he probably did laundry and then he hung out his clothes to dry. They're not going to know that you got wet walking home. They're going to think you did laundry. But Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon Osrin, meaning they say, it's It's prohibited even in private, to do something that you're not allowed to do in public. Because when the rabbis made a gzerah about something, that it should be uh, asur because of marita ayin, they made it asur altogether. Not only, they didn't say, oh, if, you, if people could see you, it's asur. If big people can't see you, it's mutar. They just prohibited the action. 
So, uh, so that's what Rabbi Gilead and Rabbi Shimon say. So basically what it's saying is, is that according to that Beit Shammai then, it will turn out, <clears throat> Beit Shammai is saying that in public you can't do it, in private you can. Right? In other words, the, uh, no, I'm sorry, the other way around, that in, uh, in public, uh, right, in public, right, in public, Beit Shammai is saying you can't do it because people will think that you're doing work on your house and Beit Hillel is saying you can and then in private, even Beit Shammai is saying it's okay. So Beit Shammai is holding then like the Tanakhama. He's saying that whatever is Asur because of Rashut, because of, uh, because of uh, Marita Ain is only Asur in public, but it's permitted in private. And Beit Hillel is saying it's permitted in both. Right? So it's, so it's okay. Now, But there's a version of Rav Hanan Barami that's the opposite. That the Machloket is actually Bershut HaYachit. The Beit Shammai it lehu de Rav Yehuda Amarav U Beit Yilal let lehu de Rav Yehuda Amarav Aval Bershut HaRabim Devraya Kol Asur According to this version, it's the opposite. Everybody agrees that carrying a ladder around in public on Yom Tov is going to be problematic because people are going to assume that you are engaged in some kind of a home improvement. Right, but the question is at home. There, Beit Shammai says even at home you can't do it because of Rishuta, because of uh, Marita Ayin and Rishuta Yachid. <clears throat> and Beit Hillel says at home you could do it, but there's only one problem. What happens then? What happens then is Rav So then you're going to have to say that Rav Zalacha, that things that are prohibited because of Marita Ayin are prohibited even Chadarim, even in the in private. That's following Beit Shammai. Because you're saying that it's Beit Shammai that says that. Beit Hillel actually says you could have a two, two systems. What people see and what you do in private. Two things. Right? So you're saying Rav holds like Beit Shammai. So the Gemara answers, So the Tanaihi. It's a machloket Tanaim. Detanya shotchan b'chama. Aval lo keneged ha'am. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon Osrin. In other words, it's not just an issue between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. It's actually an issue between the Tanakhama and Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon. So, so Rav doesn't have to, uh, in other words, Rav Zalacha is following the Tanakhama of this Braita. It's not following Beit Shammai. It's following the Tanakhama of this Braita, which Beit Shammai also happens to agree with. Okay? Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon, for whatever reason, Beit Hillel is following them. Now, Rashi explains, he says, the whole thing is a question against Rav Hanan. That he basically makes it that Beit Hillel is the one that makes a distinction between the private and public, and Beit Shammai doesn't. So why is it that Rav then follows Beit Hillel? And basically the answer is that, um, that Rav Hanan Amarav really hold like Beit Hillel, that they hold that it's permitted in, both in private and in public. And um, in other words, Rav Hanan will tell you that, uh, and this is the last Rashi here, Klomar, Amar lach Rav Hanan, Vada'ay Rav Savar Beit Hillel, Afilu Barushut Rabim Sharu, in other words, Rav himself is going to say that Beit Hillel agrees with him. He's not going to say, I agree with Beit Shammai. He's going to say, no, Beit Hillel agrees with me. Right? And I'm saying, I'm interpreting the machloka between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel in terms of the Braita about Marita Ain, where the Tanakh Kama says 
that Maritain doesn't apply in private quarters. And, and Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon say it does. In other words, what you could say is that in that Brita, where the Tanakh, the anonymous Tanakh is the one that says that, uh, that Maritain things are only prohibited in public, he'll be happy to interpret the machloka between Rabbi, between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai as the same, that Beit Hillel is saying that in public you're not allowed to do it and in private you are. Because that's according to the Tanakhama works. Okay? But, but Rav, of course, is going to say, no, no, no. Beit Hillel must agree with me. He must agree that both outside and indoors, you have to keep all the things that are prohibited because of Maritain. And therefore, he's going to have to interpret Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai differently, that they argued only in the Rashut HaRabim, but they held that in the Rashut HaYachid it was okay. Okay? Because they would have to say, he would have to say that Beit Hillel is not going to make a distinction between private and public. Okay, but so so Rav will have to interpret it according to the first way, and uh, and the second way could also fit, but not with Rav. Rav will obviously say that that's not the case. So we have a machloket. Does Beit Hillel hold that outside and inside have to be the same, or Beit Hillel holds that outside can be one way and inside can be the other way? And that's going to depend on whether you are Rav who holds that outside and inside Marita Ayn rules apply no matter where you are, even if you're in private. And, but, it's, but it's also possible to interpret Beit Hillel in terms of the other Tanakama who's going to read Beit Hillel that Beit Hillel holds like him, that you can distinguish between public and private, and therefore you could say that it's okay to carry this thing around in private, but it's not okay in public, and it would be okay, you could fit it that way with Beit Hillel. Now we turn to Amud Bet. Matnitin Aitana. Our Abraita or Mishnah, our Mishnah does not follow following Tana, meaning the, uh, with regard to moving the, uh, Ladder, that according to this version, Beit Hillel and Beit uh, and Beit Shammai don't have a problem with moving the ladder around. Rashi says because it's actually a need for Yom Tov to move the ladder around. The only question is can you bring it back? Okay, in other words, Beit Shammai says, once you're done using the shofar, you could use it as much as you want. You don't want to take the birds from this uh, dovecote, you want to take it to a different shofar, take it to a different shofar. But once you're there, you can't now return it to the original place. You have to leave it because you're done. According to Beit Hillel, Beit Hillel says you can even bring it back, you can even return it to its original place. That's the machloket. Now, that's the most liberal interpretation because that means that basically both Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel say that whether in private or in public, you can move the ladders as much as you want. Just leave them where you're done. Don't return them according to Beit Shammai. Right? When do all of these halachot apply? Only a ladder that is designed for retrieving birds. But a sulam shel aliyah. If you had a, uh, a ladder that is made for climbing up on the roof, you cannot walk around carrying that because obviously people are going to think you're going up on the roof. Okay? Rabbi Dosa Omer, He says you can lean it from window to window. Achirim Omerim Mishum Rabbi Dosa Av Middadinbo. That if the, um, if the, uh, uh, if the windows are far apart from each other, you can like, Middadin means you don't pick it up, but you kind of like, totter it along from window to window so you can actually move it but not picking it up and moving it kind of like uh, uh, tottering it along from window to window and um, and you would be able to uh, to get away with moving the um, the uh, sulam shel aliyah in that case 
At least it sounds like that's what he's saying. In other words, it sounds like the, this is a continuation of what came before. In other words, the Sulam Shel Aliyah is not allowed, but you could lean it from window to window, and you might even be able to, to, to totter it from, from place to place. That's what it sounds like. Now, um, uh, right, so now the Gemara goes on. Bnei Rabbi Chia so one time the sons of Rabbi Chia went out to the villages to see their business and so on. When they came back, their father said to them, Whenever they would go to the villages, so the villagers didn't see rabbis too often, so they would see these chachamim and they would ask them all their questions. They said we, that they sulam the question of a sulam. Of a uh, of moving around a sulam shel aliyah sulam that is made for regular construction sulam uh, a ladder if you could use it and they said vehitarnu and we permitted it amar lehem tzu v'sruma sheitartim you got to go back and prohibit what you permitted because inu savur mitakam Rabbi Yehuda b'sulam shel aliyah lo pligi because they thought from the fact that Rabbi Yehuda said. Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel definitely agree that a house ladder, right, is prohibited. So that implies that that's only Rabbi Yehuda that says that. But that the Tanakama that presented the Machloket between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel meant it to apply both to a dovecoat ladder and also to a house ladder. So they said, oh, well, that means since we hold like Beit Hillel, it's okay to move a house ladder too. But the problem is Veloi, Rabbi Yudah It's not true. But Rabbi Yudah is actually just explaining the Tanakama. Because it says you can move the ladder from Shovach to Shovach, from uh, from Davkot to Davkot. Vizal Kedadach Besulam Shel Aliyah Pligi. Hi, Molichin et Asulam Shovach Shovach. Molichin et Asulam Le Shovach Mibayle. And if they were arguing, in other words, if they were actually also arguing about a house ladder, they should have mentioned you can bring the ladder to the Davkot because it wasn't there originally because it was actually the house ladder. Why does it say from Davkot to Davkot? Because they're only speaking about a ladder that is associated with Davkot, not one that is associated with the house. So they never even thought that you'd be able to move a regular ladder. That for sure not. Everybody agrees with Rabbi Yehuda's observation that a regular house ladder is not allowed. Vidach, what would the what would the rabbis respond? What would the sons of Rabbi Chia respond? It doesn't say sulam shel shovach. It doesn't say the ladder has to be of the dovecote. It says moving it from dovecote to dovecote. It means even to many of them, you're allowed to move it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's excluding the ladder of the house. Now, we weren't asked about moving a house ladder. We were asked about tilting it. And we permitted it. You better go back. And prohibit what you permitted because they thought that what the Tanakama was allowing, I'm sorry, yeah, what the Tanaka that what the Tanakama was prohibiting, Rabbi Dosa was allowing. Okay, meaning to say that when uh, and Rashi explains that uh, that the Rabbi Dosa, who Rabbi Yehuda, Damar Sulam in other words, when you read Rabbi Dosa, it sounds like he's commenting on Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda says, don't move around the house ladder. Rabbi Dosa says, you could tilt the house ladder, right? 
מיידיקה אסרת נקמה. ולא היא, אבל זה התשובה, מיידיקה שרית הנקמה כאסר רבי דוסה. It's the other way around. What the Tanakhama allows, Rabbi Dosa was prohibiting. What does that mean? Meaning to say, Dehainu shal shovach leolich, Kaso Rabbi Dosa. So the original way I read it was according to the Hava Amina, because that's how it flows, right? You might have thought that what Rabbi Dosa was saying was that, you should, that you're allowed to tilt the, the Sulam shel Aliyah, the house ladder. But that's not the case. You can actually, he was saying you can only tilt even a shovach ladder. Definitely you can't even touch a house ladder. So in the end, basically they made a mistake. In the first version, they made a mistake because they told the people they were allowed to move around a house ladder. In the second one, they made a mistake because they thought you could tilt the house ladder. But actually nobody was allowing you to handle a house ladder at all. And the tilting was Rabbi Dosa being even stricter and saying, not only can you only handle a dovecote ladder, you can only tilt it. He was being super machmir, not more lenient. Now the Gemara says, Uh, so from this Mishnah that we just saw about moving the ladder, it sounds like Beit Shammai is more stringent about Simchat Yom Tov, meaning they don't give you leniency, they don't give you leeway about Simchat Yom Tov, and Beit Hillel does. Okay? But the thing is, that's not always true. Because, We know that when it comes to the Kisui Adam, so according to Beit Hillel, if you didn't have anything prepared from beforehand, you can't do the Shechita of the chicken because you don't have the dirt prepared. According to Beit Shammai, you can. Go ahead, slaughter the chicken, and then cover the, uh, cover the blood. Now, of course, we explained in the Gemara before that that's only if you had the shovel stuck in the ground from beforehand and the dirt was loose and all that. But still, okay? So it seems like, in, so it's not consistent because over there, over there, Beit Shammai is lenient. He gives you more leniency to get your chicken for Yom Tov. And, uh, and in here, he's being more stringent about getting the bird for the Yom Tov because he won't allow you to move the ladder. So it says, Rabbi Yochanan loves to say this. He says it all the time. Flip it around. Reverse the opinions. We have the wrong guys. And because it can't, so, and what's the mukhlefet? It's going to be the, uh, that Beit Shammai is not really the one who, uh, who said that one of these teachings, okay? Now, does Rashi say which one it is in this case? Sometimes it says a specific opinion about which one it is. Um, he doesn't say. Um, he do, Rashi here doesn't say which one. Uh, so either, so you have to flip one of them to make it match, okay? But the point is, If Rashi here, I don't see that he said, usually he specifies, oh, he means to switch uh, this opinion of Beit Shammai. He doesn't say, but you would have to switch one of them. So, uh, to make it fit so that he's lenient in both cases or stringent in both cases. The answer is no, not necessarily. Maybe the only reason why Beit Shammai is lenient about the covering of the blood is because you have to put a shovel in the dirt beforehand. Dirt has to be loose and all that. But over here... Uh, you don't have that leniency. And maybe with regard to moving around the, sh- the, uh, the ladder, Betilel is only lenient because you could tell from the nature of the ladder what the guy's doing. But, but when it comes to the covering of the blood, lo, there's no such thing. In other words, there's no basis for leniency. And so then, since we're concerned about the digging of the ground, as she says, about digging the clumps of ground when you cover the dirt, cover the blood, so therefore we're going to be stringent over there. So meaning, 
you could say that there's a reason for Beit Shammai to be lenient in the case of Kisui Adam. There's a reason for Beit Hillel to be stringent. There's a reason for Beit Shammai to be more stringent in the case of the dove coat. There's a reason for Beit Hillel to be uh, more lenient. So it doesn't necessarily have to match. But the Gemara starts again. Here's another one like that. According to Beit Shammai, if you want to take doves or birds to have them on, on Yom Tov, you have to touch them before. You have to pick them up and designate the ones you want. Beit Hillel says you don't need to do that. You could just point at them. You don't have to touch them. Now, what do you see from that? <coughs> so that shows you that Beit Shammai is being more strict. Because in order to be able to get that chicken for Yom Tov, you're going to have to pick it up from beforehand. Beit Hillel says, no, just point. I'm going to take from over there tomorrow. That's enough. Now, what do you see? It's lenient for Beit Hillel. Stranger Beit Shammai. So it doesn't even bother telling us the whole thing. When it comes to Kisui Adam, Beit Shammai is lenient. They allow you, even if you don't have dirt ready, to slaughter the chicken, to slaughter the deer, and to cover the blood and work around the problem. Beit Hillel says, no, if you don't have the dirt, you can't do it, which means he's putting a blockade on your uh, Simchat Yom Tov. But over here, he's lenient about your Simchat Yom Tov. What's the answer? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan falls back on his favorite answer of Mukhlefet Ashita. We'll just flip around the seats. We'll say that the opinions are reversed. But we don't have to say that because Vidil Maloi, not necessarily. The only reason why Beit Shammai is lenient by covering the blood is because you have the preconceived, you have the pre-established condition of having the shovel in the ground, right? But he wouldn't say that in any other case, right? And also, Inami because maybe the reason why Beit Hillel is so lenient about designating which birds you're going to take to eat the next day is because it's only an issue of Muktzeh, it's rabbinic. So simply by the words alone, you say uh, this and this, and that's enough. It's about designation, about what, what you have in mind. That designation, that's Muktzeh. So it should be more lenient, right? But when it comes to Kisoy Adam, lo, they're not going to be so lenient. So you see that they have a reason for their positions. Okay, what about this one? You cannot take the Ali. You can't take like this big, um, big, very heavy cutting board that they would grind um, and crush uh, grain on it, but they could use it sometimes also to cut meat on it. So they, they didn't want to crush grain on Yom Tov, but what they wanted to do was use it for cutting meat. And he says, you can't move it. Okay, so Beit Shammai said, no, Beit says yes. And again, that shows you that Beit Shammai is stringent, Beit uh, is lenient. But because Beit Shammai won't let you move that big cutting board, that heavy cutting board. Because since it is uh, something that is, uh, uh, it's used for a prohibited activity and it's a very large item, a large heavy item, we don't move it, let's talk even. Even for use, we don't move it. Beit Hillel allows it. So you see there's a leniency of Beit Hillel, stringency of Beit Shammai. It doesn't even bother telling us the whole thing. We know that when it comes to Kisui Adam, Beit Shammai is lenient about the Yom Tov case where you don't have dirt. Beit Shammai is lenient, Beit Hillel is stringent. You could just cut and paste that into many, many Gemarot. That's, it's always Rabbi Yochanan says that. Okay? Lo, you're making such a big deal out of the case of the covering of the blood. But remember, we already said that that's a special case where the where the shovel is stuck in the ground. Okay, every other case is not like that. 
Similarly, maybe the only reason why Beitzilel allows you to move that large cutting board is because it's a cleat. But over there where you have to designate the chicks, they're not a cleat. They're mukta because they're living... Uh, I'm sorry, when it, I'm sorry, when it comes to the, we're not talking about the chicks, we're talking about the, uh, the Kisui Adam. When it comes to Kisui Adam, you don't have that leniency. In other words, built into the leniency of Muktzeh is that a Kli can be moved. So even if it's a prohibited, you, normally for a prohibited use, if you have a permitted use for the Kli, you're allowed to use it and move it. So Beitilal is saying, I have that, but when it comes to uh, Kisui Adam, there's no reason for leniency. Okay, another one. Ava el ikashe What about this one? Beit shamayom oim enot nineta orl fina dursan v'lo yag bienu elam kenish lav kazei basar. A person should not take the um, if he slaughtered an animal in Yom Tov and they skinned the animal, so he shouldn't put it out where people are going to walk on it because you want them to walk on it because it actually tans the hide, tans the leather. So you put it out on the street, people will walk on it. You like it? Shouldn't do that. And you shouldn't even lift it up unless it has at least a kazayat of meat on it because actually the skin is mukteh. Okay, you're allowed to move it around. Um, and Rashi says it's assuming right now that the reason why Beitilel allows it is because if you weren't allowed to move the skin, you wouldn't slaughter the animal because you wouldn't want to waste the skin and then you would ruin your Simchat Yom Tov. So Beitilel doesn't care that you're going to lose the skin and that it might deter you from slaughtering the animal. Beitilel cares. So they're more lenient about Simchat Yom Tov. How does that fit with their positions regarding Kisui Adam, where they, where Beit Shammai allows you to slaughter the animal even though you don't have the necessary uh, dirt and Beit Tilel doesn't. So it says, Same answer again. That Beit Shammai only were lenient in the case of Kisui Adam because you have the shovel stuck in the ground. Otherwise it wouldn't be. And inami adkan lo kamay beitilel lacha elad dechazel mizgal leva ilave. Avalatam lo. Similarly, beitilel might only be lenient about moving around the skin because at the end of the day, if you want to sit on the skin and make it a something to sit on, you could use it. So since you have the ability to use it, it really has a value even on Yom Tov, even though you would think it's a skin that you know is going to be made into leather and other malachot are going to be done to it. But the fact is, right now you could use it for something. But what about this case? Beit Shammai says that you cannot remove these the the stores would have like trisin. I mean that's what we call it now also, but like these shutters basically, right? So the shutters in the window of the stores that when they would close them at night. They would take them off, and actually what they had was, I'm sure they must have this in some places here too, I'm sure they have it. Basically, the windows of the store would become the trays in front of the store. They would take it off, they would they would put their wares on it, at the end of the day, they would take their wares off, and they would close up the shutters like that. So it says you can't remove them on Yom Tov. Um, now... Uh, because so the point is that you're allowed to go to the um, to buy things from a shopkeeper on credit on Yom Tov meaning if somebody opened a store and they don't take any money and afterwards you work it out you're allowed to do that on Yom Tov so they could have the stores but you can't take off those uh, things that are that become trays on Yom Tov Beitilel says, not only can you take them off, you can even close it up afterwards. Okay, and Rashi says that, um, that even if you're not concerned about binyan bekelim, 
In other words, that taking apart, taking these windows off or putting it back on is like binyan, it's like construction, right? Even if you're not concerned about that, it's returning them at the end of the day is a tircha. It's just a pain in the neck. It's not necessary. One, so that you're allowed to do in Yom Tov too, according to Beit Hillel. Now, again, here, Beit Shammai is stringent. They're worried about binyan bekelim. They're worried about the dismantling and reconstruction of these uh, structures. And Beit Hillel is not because you're going to use it for Yom Tov. You're going to take these tracing off, put them in front of the shop, put food on it. People are going to come buy it on credit. They pay after the holiday. It's wonderful. Okay, but we know from the case of Kiso Yadam that Beit Shammai is the string is the lenient one. Beit Hillel is the stringent one. So we already know what answer you're going to give us for Beit Shammai. Then why were they lenient about covering the blood because the shovel was in the ground? Fine. But Beit Hillel is contradicting Beit Hillel because here they're very they're being super liberal, allowing you to put take off the shutters, put back the shutters, and the whole thing. And over there by Kisui Adam, they're very strict. Again, Rabbi Yochanan says, I want to switch around the personalities here. But Inami The final answer is that, that we can explain Beitilel that when it comes to removing and replacing the shutters, they just told there's no issue of binyan there at all. That's not considered dismantling a structure. That's not considered uh, reconstituting a structure because it's just a kli, the little like uh, kiosk of the person selling. So it's just a kli. Okay, that's why. But in the case of Kisui Adam, there were other melachot and problems that you face. Not all problems are created equal. So it's a very interesting sugya because the Gemara kind of un- assumes that the, there's an underlying tendency or there would be an underlying tendency to decide the halachot in favor of the value of Simchat Yom Tov, even if it meant being lenient in an area you would normally be stringent in. Normally, we don't think halacha works that way. It's usually halachas like, this is the way it is. But there seems to be an assumption in the Gemara that, that, that you would have a position on the role of Simchat Yom Tov and you would decide certain halachot in a more lenient, you would, you would adopt a formulation of halacha that was more amenable to Simchat Yom Tov if you could. Which is very interesting. Because normally you think, oh, it's supposed to be objective and not biased and all that. But when you have a, when you have a value in the halacha, embedded in the halacha like Simchat Yom Tov, that can um, just like when we say in halachot of avilut, since the Torah generally wants to minimize avilut, it doesn't, it, it doesn't like avilut. It's not the best state for a person to be in being avil because it holds him back from a lot of things. So therefore we have a thing that, uh, the halacha, kidivroya mekil be'evel. When it comes to, uh, when morning, we're always lenient when it comes to morning. Right? So why are we lenient? Uh, so that, what does that mean? So we don't, we don't care what the, we just take whatever lenient opinion there is and we don't care. What it means is that, we always, if there are two possible ways of understanding the halakha, we assume that the one that minimizes the burden of avilut is closer to the truth because the, the way of the Torah is to minimize the avilut. So here it's the same thing that they're saying that the way of the Torah would be that, that, that one, that a Tana would have a position on Simchat Yom Tov that would inform the halachot that he ruled on, meaning it would, he, if there's two svarot of how to understand a certain halakha, he would take the svarah that leans in the direction of Simchat Yom Tov. So they're showing that, that neither Beit Shammai nor Beit Hillel in any of these halachot is reducible to the question of Simchat Yom Tov. Because each one of these cases has its own independent factors that they had to either uh, cause them to be machmir or cause them to be mekel, but was not related to Simchat Yom Tov directly. So Bezrat Hashem will be able to find the time to continue tomorrow because we did you know, most of this Amud. So we have a head start to hopefully do the daf tomorrow.